Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Time now for Heart and Lions on WEEI. Matt was asked about you know, his relationship with you, and he said, I think it's good. And he said, the big thing is that we had a conversation, and we had a, you know, it was about a fresh start, a clean slate. Did, did you guys have that conversation, and was that something that happened early in the offseason? Yeah, I'll keep all my conversations between the players, private, you know, for a second of the players. Speaking to that relationship, though, and obviously for yourself, was Matt correct when he said, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with all the players that are on the team, absolutely. Back here for the third and final hour of Heart and Lions, as the great John Dennis might put it, the man who famously used to like to refer to me as Andy Shart. It is Andy Hart here, live from Gillette Stadium. Patriots training camp 2023 is underway. Day four is about to get underway. Bill Belichick should be speaking with the media shortly. Uh, we will bring you any of those comments that might be uh, notable or interesting or newsworthy. Uh, if he says anything, we are not going to carry it live because, quite honestly, um, Bill can be boring sometimes, and I don't want to uh, force our listeners to listen to something boring. Before we turn the page to the Mac question, because I love that producer Joe Braverman teed us up for a little Mac talk with the lead in there and Bill's comments on Mac and what Mac That's said about That's my job, Bill. Andy. Well done. I do want to clean up the Celtics calls. We'll go back to the phone line, 617-779-7937. Kieran in Woburn wants to talk about the, I guess, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum dynamic. Kieran, good afternoon. Yeah, I just wanted to say, because I remember during this Eastern Conference Finals that we lost, um, Jimmy Butler had that ball in his hand about 95% of the time when they were, when they were attacking the hoop. And Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown didn't weren't making those same plays to kind of open up lanes for themselves or for anybody else. And I think this season, that's something I would really like to see from both of them. But especially Jason Tatum. I need to see him facilitating the ball more often than um, he did last season, especially during those conference finals. All right, Kieran, thanks for the call. I uh, very much agree. I think the uh, star of your team needs to be the closer of games and the ball needs to flow through him and whatever cliche you want to put on it. And you're right, Jimmy Butler's a perfect example. The ball's going through Jimmy Butler. They have Bam Adebayo. They have other guys. But Jimmy Butler is the centerpiece of that team, and it's the way it is in so many places. And Jason Tatum disappears at times. I think it's honestly why some people were intrigued by the idea of Damian Lillard and that trade and a Jalen Brown trade for Damian Lillard because maybe Lillard could fill that forget about all his talents and his scoring ability maybe Lillard Dame time could fill that void 
in uh, in Jason Tatum's game as he develops as a young star. But uh, John Lyons, are you on board with the idea that this this continues to be Jason Tatum's team and he needs to continue to put his stamp not only on the team but late in games? Yeah, and it, it needs to be. To the caller's point, we remember game one when Jimmy Butler at the end, Kevin Harlan was calling him Jimmy frickin' Butler because he just kept hitting <laughs> every shot. But and, and just to clear up one thing, too, because we're getting a bunch of angry texts about this, I did Uh-oh. not say... Jimmy Butler has had a better career than Jalen Brown. I said that by the end of this Supermax, at that time, Brown will be the better player because Jimmy Butler will be almost 40 at that point. So just just clear that. But when it comes to Tatum late in games, like I, look, I don't think he has to have the ball in his hands every single possession, but things are going to have to go through him a lot. But the versatility the Celtics have now is also different than a team like Miami. Like Miami Yes. Miami, it all goes through Jimmy Butler. And and they had, I know they had Vincent, and I know they had Strauss, uh, Struess, excuse me, and Duncan Robinson's still there, and Tyler Hero. But the Celtics have a lot more balance offensively. So, yes, Tatum has to take a big role, and he did have a career high in assists last year. He needs to take a big role, but I don't necessarily think he has to have the ball in his hands every single possession. I think there'll be times where it's better when he doesn't, when he can just move freely and catch and shoot. So now we transition from the centerpiece of the Celtics, Jason Tatum, to the centerpiece of not just the Patriots, but of my vision right now, because there is one player on the practice field here at Gillette Stadium. He wears a red number 10 jersey. You might know him as Mac Jones, the former first-round pick, Pro Bowl rookie quarterback, uh, whipping boy, laughing stock, however you want to say it negatively, second-year quarterback, and there's been a lot of talk this summer about his relationship with bill belichick which he deemed good um and bill belichick whatever he thinks of mac jones isn't going to share it with us because well he doesn't share anything with us even when he has press conferences as he's about to do but i I keep seeing these underpinings of in the media in the fandom like there's a quarterback competition going on in in foxborough or um i think i saw one on the internet last night or today that uh, Bailey Zappi is quietly winning the quarterback competition. Um, I don't believe there is a quarterback competition. I believe Mac Jones is the starting quarterback of the Patriots, will be until he gets hurt or until the season ends. Uh, but, John Lyons, do you think there is a quarterback issue going on right now like there was during those Zappi chants at some point early last season? No, and even when I was down there, it was very clear yes. that Zappi was with the second team. I mean, Mac Jones yep. went out did all the first-team reps in 7-on-7 and 11-on-11. And at times, it looked like he took some of the second-grouping-type reps. Not a lot, but he was even bleeding into that. I don't think there is any sort of competition, which I know it's too bad, Andy, because if there was, that would take up the whole next hour for us talking. But Oh, it'd be great. Yeah, I'd, there, I mean, but there for those none. of us that do, uh, let's see, I do Breaking Boston podcast every morning where we talk about the sports story of the day. I do three to five six rings podcast every week where we talk about all things patriots and i do a variety of weekend weeknight and fill-in radio shifts oh believe you me if there was a quarterback controversy maybe the first person other than than adam jones and maybe the morning show okay maybe i'm third on the list of people that would be trying to promote and throw gasoline on the qb controversy competition fire there just isn't one as you said Mac Jones is the quarterback. Mac Jones did the first press conference. Mac Jones is the one that the coaches are lauding. Mac Jones is an off-season award winner. Mac Jones takes the first rep in everything. And now, 
you see Bailey Zappi jogging on the field if you're here at Gillette Stadium and listening to me on the Odyssey app. But, uh, I mean, Where are I don't the cheers, really, Andy? Um, there's not that many cheers. I'm going to be honest. There were more cheers when Mac Jones took the field because even the fans know the starting quarterback, the, the guy who's going to take the Patriots wherever they go this season and maybe beyond this season, but certainly wherever they go this season, is Mac Jones. Well, and, there's your answer, Andy. Crowd noise tells you who's the quarterback. What is this, like one of those uh, award shows or something or game shows where the, the final vote is uh, is done by the crowd? It's yes, American by, Idol. Okay, crowd approval is definitely with Mac Jones, but I'm sure Bailey Zappi still has his uh, supporters. I know on Twitter every once in a while I get into fights with people who are like, Zappi's the better quarterback. When are you just going to admit it? And it's his facts. name is Zappi. Yeah, it's great that his name is Zappi. He's also the backup quarterback. And I don't really understand people. I think it's actually, I do understand it actually. I think it's actually just people either uncomfortable with Mac Jones' ability or flat out don't like Mac Jones. They don't actually believe in Bailey Zappi. It's more a disbelief in Mac Jones. And if they're right, that's a problem for the Patriots because they don't have a quarterback. Now, I think most people uh, believe this is a make or break season for Mac Jones. That year three, Bill O'Brien, the experience, that now's the time to figure out whether Mac Jones is a fill-in bridge quarterback or is a journeyman, is you know some guy who's just going to bounce around as a 17th best starter in football, or is he the guy the Patriots can extend and build around? I happen to believe, unfortunately, it's probably the former. I'm not sure Mac Jones is a high-end franchise quarterback. We had a great caller yesterday, John, who said he just wants to tank because you're spinning your wheels you're just you're not going anywhere. You don't have the quarterback. You don't have the talent. They need a down year. They need a go get Caleb Williams or the, the the May kid out of North Carolina. They need a star quarterback. Um, that may be the sad truth, but I don't know that anybody wants to embrace that just yet. Yeah, and I think look the zappy stuff that you still get once in a while. I think it comes from two places. The first is Mac Jones last year. Let's be honest, they had a bad coaching situation, one of the worst in the NFL. But History. he also turned the ball over too much and he had too many temper tantrums that rubbed people the wrong way when did he have the temper tantrums just question i'm sorry when did he have the temper tantrums later in the season when he was over the but still like this is the way like you do that once okay no big deal you do it twice kind of a weird look you do it three times like shut the f up and play okay we know it's bad the season's gonna end soon and they're gonna make a change like i think that rubbed people the wrong way And I also think the other side of it is the most fun Patriots fans had last year, I think all year, was that early Bailey Zappi on Monday night against Chicago when he led two touchdown drives and then sung Stacey's mom on the Jumbotron. Like, I think that was the most fun any Patriot fan or most Patriots fans had last year. So I think people think back to that and, or maybe there's some glimmer of hope that the late round Bailey Zappi will be the second coming of Tom Brady and lead back to the promised land, which is ludicrous in itself but i think to, to your question like where does some of the zappy stuff comes from that's where because if you watch them on the field mac jones is the better player he's with the first team offense and he's clearly the guy they're working towards being the franchise guy so it's almost like people are forcing it or trying to force a narrative that doesn't exist like media outlets oh we're going to write about zappy versus mac and well then why don't you write about david andrews versus whoever the hell the backup center is because david andrews is the starting center or why don't you write about like the sixth receiver and whether he's pushing juju smith like i just don't really understand the forced narrative of bailey zappy i don't know why people can't accept that for better or worse and i will acknowledge it could be for worse 
Mac Jones is your quarterback. Why do they want to force this idea that Bailey Zappi is something not only that he isn't, but that Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien and company aren't even pretending he is. There's no splitting. There's no nothing. He's a backup quarterback. Yeah, there are a lot of roster competitions in camp for the Patriots this year, and yeah, that's not one of them. Like, no, nope. there, there's a. You want to talk to me about Christian Gonzalez? Can he be the number one corner? Yeah. Like, Let's by, do it. Which, by the way, he looked freaking awesome the other day when I went there. Always. But you can talk about that. You can talk about what they're going to do at safety after Devin McCourty, receiver, which we've already talked about in this show. Who's going to be the number two running back? Pine Stevenson. What are they going to do at offensive tackle? But quarterback is not one. That you're going to talk about, like, oh, are they going to, is there a battle there? There's just not. Like, it, it, Mac Jones could have five bad days in a row, and I still think he's their starting quarterback. Yeah. On the sixth day, if they're allowed to by the PA, he will come out here and he will take the first team reps after five bad days in a row. I think five bad games in a row, he will take the reps in the sixth game. I just, I don't, I don't really understand the fascination with Zappy other than the name. And, you know, I'll admit that's something to do with it. You know, the great Mutt Mutnansky, former nighttime host on WEEI, said if his name was Ben Smith, last year would have been different. There wouldn't have been chance. There wouldn't have been this Zappy time. I mean, it was the other day he ran on the field and somebody yelled, Zappy Awa! Like, like part of that gimmick is his name. But at some point that wears out and you watch him play and you watch what he does and what he's capable of and you watch the way Bill Belichick uses him and is is sort of utilizing the reps here in practice. It is what it is. Zappy hour. Yeah, see, zappy hour. If his name was Smith, it wouldn't be like, uh, maybe they would do like Smith and Wesson. I don't know. They would do something. There's no Smith hour. No, there's no Smith hour. By the way, speaking of Belichick, he's rocking the red short-sleeved hoodie at his press conference. Yet again. again, yet again, people don't like that. People have memories of the defeat in the desert and the perfect season that was not when Bill wore a red hoodie. And he continues to break it out here at Patriots training camp. And we will actually, great transition from Joe Braverman, we will actually talk about... See, I can do my job, Andy. Another person who is known for his red, maybe his red sleeves and his interaction with fans as he's doing right now, a person in a red hoodie that's not talking to the media but throwing footballs to fans in the crowd, a popular Patriots player who may be looking to adjust his contract, and we all know how that can go when you're dealing with Bill Belichick. It is Hart and Lions live from Patriots training camp at Gillette Stadium. We are coming down the home stretch of hour number three, but before we can get back to talk about the man in the red sleeves, Joe Braverman will have your trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. In heartbreaking fashion last night, the Red Sox five-game winning streak was snapped following a 3-2 walk-off loss to the San Francisco Giants. Sox were down 2-0 entering the top of the ninth, but Justin Turner tied things up only to have J.D. Davis hit a walk-off solo home run off Kenley Jansen's very first pitch the next half inning. Boston now sits two and a half games out of the final wild-card spot behind Toronto and Houston, who both won their games last night. Series will be decided this afternoon in San Fran. Will Fleming and Lou Maloney have the call from the Bay Area at 4.05 on the Shaws and Star Market, WEEI Red Sox Network, Shaws perfecting the art of fresh. Brennan Bernardino will be the opener for the Sox, taking on Scott Alexander for San Fran. Joe Weil will get everything started with the Mass Mutual pregame show at 3.05. Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. Staying in the MLB just days before the trade deadline, the Mets are sending ace Max Scherzer 
to the Texas Rangers. The 39-year-old starter will waive his no-trade clause. He made it official last night. The Patriots are back on the practice field today to continue training camp following a day off yesterday off the field. Free agent running back Ezekiel Elliott had a visit in Foxborough. The former Cowboy made his first visit since hitting the open market. Also, former Pat Super Bowl champion running back Sony Michelle informed Rams coach Sean McVay that he is retiring after five seasons in the league. And in other running back news, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor formally requested a trade from Indianapolis, but Colts owner Jim Ursay says that a trade will not happen. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WBEI and WBEI.com. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Are you happy with your contract? I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. Uh, I'm definitely not going to talk about contracts with y'all. <laughs> y'all some snitches. But uh, I'm happy I'm happy that I'm here. I'm happy that I'm a Patriot. Uh, and then uh, where, wherever that goes, it goes. The market changes every day. We've seen it the first day of training camp. Most uh, A whole bunch of people got paid. The market changed every day. But I will not talk about contracts with y'all. That was the voice of Patriots Pro Bowl pass rusher and sack master Matthew Judon, who had a quiet start to training camp 2023, and that's exactly where I am today. Patriots training camp, Gillette Stadium, overlooking the practice field. Bill Belichick has wrapped up his press conference. 
players are starting to really sprinkle onto the field, probably about a quarter of the roster now on the field, uh, getting ready for what I believe is a 12.30 start to warm-ups, and then that'll lead right into practice. Andy Hart here alongside John Lyons back in the Brighton studios. Hart and Lyons coming up on the final half-hour-plus of our show here on WEEI, and we are indeed talking Patriots. Why else would I be here at Gillette Stadium if we weren't going to? And Matthew Judon may be the biggest storyline of training camp because first two days he did nothing. He basically did rehab work down in the lower field. Third practice on Friday, he was a little more active, did some uh, positional drills, rotated in a couple times on team drills, and then spoke with the media, downplayed um, the contract talk, wasn't going to obviously talk with us snitches, about it, but I think it's clear. I don't know. Been... He looked right at you when he said that when I saw the well, video. Well, you know, um, he may have uh, been targeting me. I've had stitches before, so maybe I am a snitch. No, I am not a snitch. I'll never be a snitch. Um, tattletale, however you want to call it. <laughs> awesome but... snitches. We are, and then I don't know if you guys saw, John, the uh, interaction with, I believe, Devin McCourty on Twitter was like, hey, just tell me, and he's like, you're the ultimate snitch. I did see that, <laughs> yes. So, uh, although I will say, he also had an interaction where uh, Asante Samuel, the noted Bill Belichick critic, tried to jump in and say, see how it goes now. And uh, Judon basically said something to the effect like, don't let the money confuse it. He's my guy. So this right now is very, very amicable. But I also found it interesting when he talked to the media that you had Matthew Judon saying, you know, the market changes every day. And you saw it the other day. He's well aware of his value. And quite simply, as I wrote on WEEI.com this morning as part of my Sunday 7 they need to give him a bump in pay. He's worth it. He watched his buddy Trey Hendrickson get what I think Matthew Judon should get, a $5 million bump in pay. Now, they included a, a year of extension, so it's you know a one-year $21 million extension with the Bengals. But Trey Hendrickson signed with Cincy, same offseason that Matthew Judon signed with the Patriots. He had 14 sacks a couple years ago, only eight last year. Matthew Judon's had 28 over the last two years. Trey Hendrickson two straight Pro Bowls, Matthew Judon, four straight Pro Bowls. Matthew Judon has been a leader and a force in the locker room, has been a community leader off the field, has been a spokesman. I don't, I literally don't understand the argument against um, doing a little uh, make good on on Matthew Judon's contract. So, John Lyons, would you give Matthew Judon a bump in pay? Yeah, and to his point about the market changing every day, earlier this morning, Daniel Hunter of the Vikings also yep. got a new contract. $20 million total for one year, 17 guaranteed. And according to SpotRack, which keeps track of salary caps and salaries and all that stuff, Matthew Judon, his AAV on his contract is 26th among edge defenders. Yeah. We both know he's a heck of a lot better than 26th when it comes to edge defenders. And I think, look, and I put Lawrence Guy a little bit in this conversation too because he's a guy that I think deserves a raise. Obviously, Judon is a better player, will get more money, and he's younger. But... I think that's also a good message and that Judon has, A, been a great player, B, been a great teammate, C, he's been a leader, and D, he's been really good in the community. And when you reward a guy like that who, by the way, still has multiple good years left in his career ahead of him, I think it sends a great message to guys like Kyle Duggar, who's looking for an extension, Josh Uche, Mike Onwenu, Ramondre Stevenson. Like, now... Like, a few years ago, they had a lot of free agent money to spend because they hadn't drafted well. Now, they finally started drafting well, and they have some guys starting to come up. I think it sends a really good message to them and the locker room as a whole. And beyond that, though, just at the base of it, to your, Judon deserves more money, and he's going to be worth more money in the coming next two, three years. 
Absolutely, and that's why I think you can do it in terms of sort of a bump without doing a big money, quote-unquote, extension. He's not getting any younger. That's real. I'd rather pay him more now than down the road have dead money from some extension I signed. But you brought it up, and I, I argued with Andy Gresh about this multiple times this week on the Gresh and Fourier show where he kept saying something like the precedent it sets and then what happens when Trent Brown comes in. And I'm like, no, no, the precedent it sets is if you carry yourself like Matthew Judon, handle your business on and off the field, we'll take care of you. If you don't, don't come knocking at the door. Don't come walking in the door. And I actually like the precedent it would set. I think it's one that entices players to do the right thing, to be the guy, to invest themselves in the, the team and invest themselves in their performance. And in the end, we'll take care of you. So it's weird because Gresh and I, two Andes with different brains, I guess, look at the precedent in total opposite ways. I don't care if Trent Brown sees this and says, wait, I want to get paid too. You haven't done what Judon has done. You have not been the consistent guy on and off the field that Judon has. So I actually like the idea of setting that precedent because to me, that's how you get back to a culture and a Patriot way that maybe fuels itself internally. Yeah. And I don't even know if it would be setting much of a precedent because bill belichick's been the head coach here for 22 years i mean guys have held out before guys have, right. i mean look at stefan gilmore a few years ago did his little hold in if i remember i yep. got a little more money i mean go back to richard seymour did it in 2005 Famously. like there's yep. there's guys that have done it before and i think the guys that have gotten paid if we're being honest with ourselves the what they've had in common is they have multiple good years ahead of them and they were willing to call the patriots bluff to a point like, remember when Vince Wilfork, and this wasn't in training camp, but he went to the facility, took his nameplate down, and all of a sudden they gave him more money like the next day or two days later. Like, I think Judon has to conduct himself the right way, but also say, hey, look, if I don't get an extension or a raise, you might not have me here in a couple of years. And I think if he does that, and it's, it's a tough line to balance, but I think if he does that and he balances that line of being the good teammate and the good player with good years ahead of him, but also being firm in that, hey, I should have a raise, and if I don't get one, I might not be here in a couple of years. That's how he'll end up getting his money. And uh, we should just note that he is the Patriots' best player. I don't really Without know. a doubt. Okay, yeah, nobody would argue that right now. So your best player is yeah, grossly speak, underpaid. Speaking of setting a precedent, what kind of precedent does it set if you don't pay him? Correct. I think a negative one and a bad one, and you need to keep your best players happy because you don't have very many players that would be considered the best in their position at the National Football League. So I think we can all agree Matthew Judon probably in line for a bump. I actually expect that he will get a bump as the music starts to bump behind me uh, here at Gillette Stadium. They're going through their running and uh, plyometrics. What kind of music are they playing? Oh. Uh, Well, thanks for that. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't ask me music questions. I got no idea. Loud so you, music. You gotta go to Mike Reese on Twitter. He yeah. always tweets out the set list, so I'll have He to, cares I'll about that you. more than anybody I know, and I don't really understand why. Anyway, let's go back to the phone line, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We're talking Pats, we're talking Mac and Judon and expectations. Let's go to Ms. in Watertown who wants to pick up on our Mac Jones conversation and share his thoughts on the quote unquote franchise quarterback. Ms, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. What do you got? All right. Uh, yeah, so I basically think that uh, Mac Jones' ceiling is, is very low. He's uh, not going to be a franchise quarterback. And the Patriots' ceiling for uh, Bailey Zappi, I think, comes from, like, a nostalgic type of, like, want because of Tom Brady. 
Uh, so I don't think even the Pats fans think that Zappy is the quarterback. Um, but, you know, some of us just, just don't want Mac Jones because we know that the ceiling's low. Like, like we're probably going to finish this season with only seven wins. All right, Miz, thanks for the call. Uh, I don't totally disagree with the ceiling for Mac Jones. Um, I think it's hard to say in a league where you watch guys like Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, now Aaron Rodgers, like the ceilings of those guys are what a franchise quarterback is these days. And Mac Jones does not measure up with that physically. Now, some could argue, well, Tom Brady never looked like he measured up physically to some of the uh, more talented passers, and he's the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. And I think that's where the, the Miz is right. Was it the Miz, like the wrestler? I, I know that. there's a wrestler name like that, but he spelled it with two Z's and not Okay, one. Miz with two Z's. And you also like, had, like, the guy you did have for 20 years was better than everyone else in the NFL. And I think Patriots right. fans, myself included, are used to, hey, the guy we have is literally better than anyone else ever to play this position in the history of planet Earth. So that's going to distort, I think, some expectations, too, because I think, look, Mac Jones is ceiling. He was a national champion at Alabama, and he was a rookie of the year candidate midway through the 2021 season. Like the yep. ceiling. Don't forget asterisk Pro Bowl. No, yes. no, no. Pro yes. Bowl, no asterisk. Yeah, he was, you he know, was an injury. Joe Braverman wants Come to on. call him a fake Pro Bowler, but he, he was in the Pro Bowl. He was there. The last ever real Pro Bowl, right? That they actually played a football. Gritted his way but, into the But highlights. I think, like, his ceiling is he can be a good quarterback. Like, could he be the eighth best quarterback in the NFL? Sure. Like, nope. I think if you expect his ceiling to be. Mahomes or Allen or Burrow, it's just never going to – I don't think it's ever going to get there. But if his ceiling is, hey, this guy could be the sixth or seventh best player in the league, which, by the way, like a lot of years over the last 20 years, like that was like Ben Roethlisberger type level. Like if he could be that ceiling or maybe not quite there but close, like that's still pretty good. And, oh, and who's who's in that range now that you're saying of like from six to ten, like in no order, like Justin Herbert, Lamar yeah. Jackson, Herbert, Russell uh, Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor might Lawrence. Be slightly like if he can be in that, I'd probably put He's Herbert not. a little above. But if his ultimate ceiling with good players around him is he can get to just outside that neighborhood, like then I think you're still in pretty good shape. I, I just think it's tough right now because last year he played bad and he's still a young player, so we haven't really seen a full year of him working at his ceiling yet. Yeah, I think if you can talk about him being the eighth best quarterback in football, you have a franchise quarterback. You have that second tier. Because the great ones, there's always going to be, like there has been forever, that two, three, four guys that are the truly elite quarterbacks. And then the next four or five, eight, whatever, rotates year to year. Some are up, some are down, highs and lows. If he can get into that group, I'm fine with him. I think that's good enough to win in the NFL. I'm just dubious. Yeah, like, that is that ever... a Matthew Stafford type guy? Like, Stafford had a few great years. Like, he threw for 5,000 yards yep. one year. He yep. won one Super Bowl. But then there were other years that he was like, okay, he's pretty good. He's not elite. Right. Like, if he's not in, elite. If he's in that neighborhood, though, like, if that's what he is, then I think you're you're okay. 100%. I just don't think he is. I think he's what Bill Belichick supposedly wanted in that book a few years ago where it's, you know, give me the 15th best quarterback and I can win a Super Bowl. I think you have somewhere in the range of the 15th best quarterback in the National Football League, and I'm not so sure that's good enough for you to win a Super Bowl in the uh, sort of modern makeup of the league. And I do think that's where some of the 
com- competition stories, controversy stories, fans, like the uncertainty of Mac in the ceiling, and, and I think the Miz nailed it. Going back to the phone line, 617-779-7937, Paul in Rhode Island would join us. And, Paul, what do you think about the Patriots' chances this year? Hello, Mr. Hart. Hello, Mr. Lyons. I think we are going to make the playoffs. Nice. First game. That's called the Brady Day. I'll take that win. Two, okay. I think we're good enough to split in our division. Okay? I'm pretty sure that this kid, if he doesn't turn over the balls this year with Billy O, he should be successful. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I was going to say is, you know what, Zeke, if you're coming here, buddy, you know, we have a problem in the red zone. Do you know it's cold here? This is not a dome. Okay? The other guy, D-Hop, I'm sure he chose the money and the weather over us. But you know what? Maybe that's uh, what Rabel uh, has a little experience with him. That might have happened, too. Those two hmm. things. Hmm. And I thank All right, you for Paul. Your time. Thank you for your call, Paul. So, um, I disagree with Paul, but if Paul is right and they win the opener and they split in the division, I think they will make the playoffs. Now, I don't believe they will win the opener, and I don't believe they will necessarily split in the division, um, and I don't necessarily think they're going to make the playoffs. But um, if he's right and they hit those little uh, little check marks along the way, they they could be a playoff team. But I think you know that week one game, Andy, that might be a sneaky spot for the Patriots to win. Really? And, Why and, so? And I have a good friend of mine who's probably listening right now who's an Eagles fan who probably wants to punch me, but yeah. look, coming off last year and how bad they were, revamping everything, Super Bowl losers on the road are something, mm. I, I don't know the exact number, but like in the last 20 years, they're like 2-8 and eight or something in week one. Like mm. that's It's Tom Brady day at mm. home. And another thing, and we talked about this, and I also talked about this with Fitzy last week, one big flaw Belichick defenses have had over his whole time here, and especially the last couple of years, is defending mobile quarterbacks. And I think they've spent a lot of resources the past two off-seasons trying to fix that. The amount of athletes they took in the draft. Like, and I, when I say athletes, I mean guys with high-end athletic traits that they took in the draft, they've gone after in free agency. Like, I think they're going to come out and they're going to give the Eagles some – look, the Eagles are still going to score, but they're going to give them, I think, a lot more problems in that week one matchup than people think. So that's a sneaky – like, the Eagles are better than them. Not, I'm you know, going to state the obvious, but that's a sneaky spot where the Patriots might steal a win people don't expect. So I buy the unknown argument because I do think, certainly offensively, the Patriots are going to be an unknown. Bill O'Brien, Mac Jones coming off the debacle. What does the reconfigured look of what Billy O'Brien is as the offensive coordinator – you know, you have some old-school parts from when he was first here, McDaniels, probably have some Alabama, some of the stuff he's done since he left – I buy the unknown, but I'm a I'm a simpleton, John Lyons, and I freely admit it. I would always prefer to be the better team and the more talented team heading into a matchup, and I think the Eagles are by far the more talented team. And the thing that would um, would worry me is that team led the NFL in sacks by like twenty a yeah, year ago. 15. Oh yeah, I think they had seventy, and the Chiefs 70? had fifty-five. Yeah. Okay. And I have no idea who's playing offensive tackle for the New England Patriots and whether that person will be any good on either side, right or left. Um, So that would concern me. And then you mix in, as you said, 
a really good offense with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and AJ and uh, Jalen Hurts as a mobile quarterback. I agree with the unknown and the emotion maybe of Tom Brady Day, but that could wear off sometime in the second quarter, and then all of a sudden the team that's far more talented takes over. So we'll see, but I, I you should have hope right now. I, I've said this with Fitzy all along. Now is the time of hope. It's training camp. It's, you know, pads aren't even on. The season hasn't even started yet. By the way, they started practice, and you'll never guess who was the first person to go through the little drill they do to warm up their legs running over mini hurdles on the football field. Can you guess? Who would be the leader? Who would be the first guy at the front of the line you might think? Was it you? No, I'm oh, up here. Okay. I can't I, run. I, I didn't know if you were like, you know, it's I had Mac the headset Jones. on. You were it's weird. It's weird Mac Jones would go first if he's not the starting quarterback. Huh. Damnedest yeah. of things. Anyway, uh, Patriots talk is in the mix. George and Waltham, what do you think about the Patriots' chances as they kick off right now? Literally their fourth training camp practice. They haven't been in pads yet. George, thoughts on the Patriots' hopes this season? You know, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I, and I, I, I point to about a handful of games from last year that Patriots, um, you know, barring a, a few um, mistakes that they really need to tighten up, um, a lot of those games were very winnable. They, they could have, that season easily could have been 10-7. and seven. I, I point to the Bengals game. I, I, I point to the, the Bears game. I, I, I point to the Raiders game. Those games were, were very winnable that, that they did lose. Um, but I, I, and that, that keeps me optimistic. But the, the thing that bothers me most about Mac Jones that I think what he really needs to do is that Brady always knew when to get rid of the ball when – when there was when there was trouble, either it was throwing it into the ground or, or um, you know, just getting rid of the ball. Whereas Mac Jones, you might have a, a, a second down and one, and then Mac takes a 14-yard sack, which is which is to me is a problem. He hasn't really uh, he hasn't really gotten that yet, and I think he really needs to know when 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 to get rid of it and when not to get rid of it. All right, George, thanks for the call. Thanks for the hope and optimism. I may not share it because I think they played a much more mediocre schedule last year, and I think the challenges of the competition this year are going to be an issue. But I actually agree on the Mac Jones point from George. I think his his awareness, his ability to know when to get rid of the football, when to run, when to sort of live to fight another play, I think is questionable. And I wonder how much you can continue to evolve in that area, if that's instincts, if that's whatever. And as he makes his year three jump or whatever it's going to be this season, um, I do have questions about Mac in that area. But I don't have questions about the final segment here of Heart and Lions, where we will touch on a couple things we didn't get to in the first two-plus hours. I know John wants to weigh in on Patrice Bergeron's uh, retirement, and we're going to dabble a little bit in trade deadline Red Sox talk. They lost last night, but they've been hot as heck. Casas is one of the best hitters in baseball. The trades are happening. Max Scherzer got dealt. What can the Red Sox and Bloom do at the trade deadline? We will close out Heart and Lions with all that and much more right after this. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. What would your message be to the Boston fans right here and now? Yeah, uh, thank you for everything. It's been uh, an absolute honor to, uh, you know, when you, you get drafted, you never know, right, where you're going to end up, what the journey is going to be like. Uh, it's obviously a dream, as, as I said many times, and I couldn't be more grateful and thankful for, you know, 
being here, uh, arriving as, a, as an 18-year-old kid, basically, young adult, and not knowing too much, whether it's the language or even the adult life, really. And, um, you know, the city really took me under its wing and uh, embraced me, and it's been, uh, it's been special. So the fans and everyone, you know, I'm thankful for, for the memories and everything that uh, you guys have brought to, to, to me and my family. How do I say goodbye? Tremendous music selection by producer Joe Braverman. Little boys to men to celebrate the career of Patrice Bergeron, Bruins legend, future Hall of Famer, one of the greatest two-way players in the game as his Selkie Award trophy case will uh, show you. And last few minutes here of Heart and Lions on a Sunday afternoon on WEEI. John Lyons, I know... Um, I sort of had the chance a few times this week to give my thoughts on Patrice Bergeron and his greatness, and I firmly believe he will be more appreciated the further we get from his playing career. But how would you uh, summarize your thoughts on Patrice Bergeron's career, retirement, and where it leaves the Bruins? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it leaves the Bruins in a tough spot because he was still playing well at the time mm-hmm. of his retirement. That's something, you know, a lot of athletes, they don't always go out when they're playing well. This guy just won a Selkie, had a good season, really from start to finish, 27 goals this year, too. But when you step back and look at the whole career, yeah, over 1,000 games, over 1,000 points, it was just a consistency day in and day out he was always going to go against the best players on the other team he always played well the six selkies speak for themselves the stanley cup championship in 2011 and i know there's a segment of fans who felt that he should have won more and i I think you know this bruins run as a whole yeah they should have won more than one cup but when i look at patrice bergeron I look at him as the leading force of why they were so good and why they did win that cup and why they were always in the mix every single year. Because night in and night out, he was one of, if not the best players on the ice, offensively and defensively as a whole. And I think he's a an athlete that, and you mentioned he'll get appreciated later on, 10 years from now, we might look back on him as one of the best athletes in the history of Boston sports. Like if you were making a list of 10 or 15 guys who played in Boston that truly made a huge impact, not just on the playing surface, but off it, he's going to be very high on that list. Yeah, we heard so much about Tom Brady and he aged and what he was able to do at a a later stage of his career or Zdeno Chara and... I don't think Bergeron got the credit he deserved for being a two-way player. And as you said, the, the things that went into the job he was asked to do, I do believe we will appreciate it more. But I want to ask you a simple question. So he's walking away at a high level, or skating off at a high level. <laughs> it's hockey. Um, any chance we hear rumblings, questions, potential, mid-season? Hey, leave the crickets to yourself. Uh, mid-season, maybe we hear more than crickets from Patrice Bergeron, let's just say the Bruins are good, not great, middle of the pack for, you know, a 3-4 seed, something like that, and everybody's like, wow, if they could if they could get one more guy at center, who could they call? Any chance we hear any rumblings about Patrice Bergeron doing the Roger Clemens thing? I don't think so, but I wish we would. And I think the press conference really, that to me, like there was a sense of finality with that, and there always yeah. are with retirement press conferences, but the yep. way he was talking about, you know, he has a fourth kid now, and he just didn't miss doing the things that he needed to do to get ready anymore and just all the things he wants to do after. I I wish it would be the case because I think this Bruins team, if Patrice Bergeron was here, would be a playoff team that could probably go further in the playoffs than they did a year ago, especially well, if they brought Tyler Bertuzzi back too. But that's a separate well, issue. Point is, they didn't, 
That's I, a lot of ifs. That's I, a lot of I ifs. Just don't see, I just don't see it happening. I wish it would. I just don't see it happening. Uh, I always like to speculate in a way that will uh, help us do our jobs. So hopefully midseason we'll be talking about that. One thing we are talking about midseason with the Boston Red Sox trade deadline. So Tuesday late afternoon trade deadline will come. It will go. And I am going to be, I want you to tell me how I'm going to feel as a Red Sox fan. Excited? angry or confused at what Heim Bloom chose to do? I think it's going to be closer to the confused because I think the Red Sox right now are good and I think they should be trying to add to this team. I think they need to add a starter. I think what's going to happen is is they're going to either add a lower grade starting pitcher or a guy who's not a starting pitcher and going to be like, why didn't they add to the rotation? And it's probably going to be because they have faith in Chris Sale, Tanner Houck, Garrett Whitlock coming back, and that's going to give them enough in the rotation. Because I think this is a team, they've proven that they should, I mean, they're two and a half games out of the wild card. They've been the best team in baseball in July. This is, they should be invested in. Rob Bradford wrote a great column for WEI.com last week about this. Like, this team should be invested in by the front office. And I'm not saying they have to trade high-end prospects for Justin Verlander or something like that, but... Like, Lucas Giolito went to the Angels. Like, that was a guy I wanted them to go get. Like, a guy like that. I think you're going to walk away being confused because I think they're going to make a move, but it's not maybe going to be for the starting pitcher we want. And you bring up the Angels. There's a team that you're not confused. They're all in. They went all in. They could have traded uh, the greatest baseball player on the planet, maybe in history. They are keeping him at risk of losing him later. Um, They are all in. I think Angels fans may regret it down the road, may be angry down the road, but for the here and now, you have to be excited that Anaheim invested in its own team, and we'll see if Bloom is willing to do the same thing. And I I know we always have this discussion, debate this time of year in all sports. It's like thinking for the short term and the long term and what's his long-term plan, and you don't want to make decisions that hinder the long-term development of the team because it does feel like they're finally turning a corner, and you're excited about the Red Sox, and you're excited about... Duran and Casas and Bayo and some of these young, potentially foundational pieces moving forward, and you don't want to put that at risk, and we still hear about Mayer and Teal and all these things, but you also want to be entertained in August and September of 2023, and this team can make the postseason, and everybody keeps telling me in baseball, if you make the postseason, you can make a run, right? doesn't matter what you did in April and May. If you're playing good baseball come October, you can make a run at a World Series, and I think we'd all love to see that. That would uh, be nice after last year's debacle. He is, hopefully this wasn't a debacle, by the way. This was three hours of fun sports talk radio. He's John Lyons. I'm Andy Hart. You hear the horns behind me, the practice of Gillette Stadium. I'm headed down to the field to catch up with Mike Cadlick, the WEI.com beat reporter. If you want to know everything that happened in today's practice, we will be at you later on this afternoon with a Six Rings and Football Things podcast. For John Lyons, I'm Andy Hart. Up next, Travis Thomas will take you for the next couple hours here on WEEI up until Red Sox pregame as the Red Sox continue to show what John Lyons just said. They might be one of the best teams in baseball for the here and now. Peace out. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.